0: The following episode is dedicated to my beloved mother, Sherry Coggins. May your soul rest in peace. Born July 21st, 1977. Deceased September 1st, 2020. everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of Pathway to Hope, rest in peace mother, may we meet again. This was not the intended next episode, in fact the concept of my mother was a topic I was not looking forward to due to it having a hard trauma on me still and me just overall not being able to cope with it yet and I'm still having issues trying to cope with it. However, due to my mother's unexpected passing at the age of 43, this episode seems fitting for this time period. Before we truly dive in, I wish to warn you, this is an extremely hard topic for me right now, considering her passing was yesterday, and I may have unexpected breakdowns or parts where I cry and I might have to cut it off. I'm not sure where this will go, but I'll start again. Um, However, it is to my hopes that this episode will be able to help more people and allow my mother's story to be documented for overall better or worse. So on that note, my name is Christian Coggins, son of Sherry Coggins, and this is the beginning of episode 6 of Pathway to Hope. Rest in peace, Mother. May we meet again. Sherry Coggins was a beloved wife of Parrish Coggins, mother of Christian Coggins, daughter of Francis Gervasio and William Tolman I, sister of William Tolman second and Brian Tolman, and aunt of Ethan T., She was born Thursday, July 21st, 1977, and deceased Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, at the age of 43. She was a resident of Dover Plains who went to Dover High School. Her place of death was Poughkeepsie, New York, and her cause of death is yet to be determined by autopsy and toxicology. However, it has been suggested that the cause of death may be due to past drug addictions leading to an aged heart, which could leave a a 43-year-old woman with the heart of a 70-year-old senior. On that note, let's begin the first section of this tragic, but life story of my mother. Let's start with the thing that took my mother's life from us. How drugs ruined her life. From my knowledge, my mother has always been into drugs since after high school. I know that she was sick with some kind of internal bleeding, and she felt like her life was going to be put on a pole, and she started getting depressed and anxious, and it was, a, I guess that you could call it a negative coping method that she started, which was becoming addicted to drugs. And it's sad, too, because she was actually one of the better students in her school. And you know she ended up having these negative coping environments and maybe she was hanging around the wrong people and she eventually started doing drugs and then that expanded and got a lot worse and she never stopped. She has utilized a mix of drugs throughout my childhood of many different varieties. I don't know exactly what type of drugs they were however I do know that they managed to do damage to her. But I'll talk about that more in depth later. The drug usage weakened her heart over time. And it caused physical fatigue, which was noticeable progressing through time. And we could tell because whenever we went to see her or whenever I went out with her or something like that. She would sometimes stumble or fall or act weak and start shaking. You know, like she was about to go into a seizure maybe even cardiac arrest and you could tell that these health defects were and these drugs were taking a toll on her you know they did a lot of damage and every time I went to see her I noticed it was getting worse and worse and worse throughout my entire life sometimes she couldn't even walk you know her mind wasn't the way it used to be and I noticed it was getting worse and worse and eventually it seemed like she was almost incapable of I mean, having a regular conversation at some points, it got that bad. She wouldn't even be able to speak, and it was just because of the drugs. They did a lot of damage to her, and I really wish they weren't a factor because if they weren't a factor, she would probably still be here with us or with me right now. The drug usage weakened her heart over time, and it caused physical fatigue, like I said. Um, and between the physical and even the mental fatigue that progressed over time, it all managed to catch up with her, which is what we most are believing is what led to her death. And professionals, investigators are all suggesting that same theory. However, they're doing the autopsy and toxicology, as I stated before, to find out for sure. It caused her heart to what is still being investigated, of course, but yet it caused it to have an accelerated degeneration if you will which makes the heart age increase if that makes sense let me rephrase that basically what it does is it speeds up the the life of a person it speeds up the heart rate you know and it makes it the are older it, I, sorry this is a hard topic for me it makes the heart older and it My mother was 43, yet, uh, according to the doctors, she was basically living with a 70-year-old heart, because the drugs she would take, whether she was snorting them or just popping them like normal, or I don't know if she did needles, she told me she never would, but I'm not sure now. However, you know, whatever she utilized, it started having an impact on her heart, and she had these drug problems for years, since before I was born, I'm 17 years old, go figure, that's a long time to have a drug problem and to not get it fixed, even though she's been to rehabs and stuff along those lines, which is where she's been most of my life. They've never really done any long-term damage, it looks like, or I don't want to say damage, but recovery, it looks like. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of events that I had to witness, and I'm going to just list a couple of them here some of the events that I had to witness due to the drugs. When I was six, my mother came with me, my uncle, and my grandmother on a camping trip. We went swimming, and we went to the pool table, and I started noticing she was weak, and of course I was like six years old, so I wasn't supposed to notice anything, but I noticed something was weird. I asked her if she was okay, she said she was fine, but we should head back to our campsite. And I said, okay. So we started walking back. I had her, you know, we were hand in hand. And then she collapsed collapsed from her. And what the cause was her body's reaction to the drugs. And she went into a seizure. Being that I was six, I didn't know what it was or what to do. But I ran for help. And luckily, she was okay. Um, Because I found a staff member who was able to do CPR I said, sir, sir, there's something wrong with my mom. Please help. And then he went over and he called the paramedics. Everyone was watching. I remember that day and I was six. That I don't remember much from back then, but that is something I remember. I remember running for help, and luckily she was okay. Another time, I was around 10 years old. It was the 4th of July, and I was in an apartment with my mother. I was spending like a couple of days a week with her and she had overdosed on something. I'm not sure what, however, it left her very unresponsive. As a 10-year-old, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what. I knew she had to eat back then, that's all I could think of, so I remember making pasta on the stove, which, for the record, could have went horribly wrong, but luckily didn't. I remember feeding her with a fork in hand as a 10-year-old, though she wasn't even moving from the chair she was in. Then I told my mother if she didn't answer me, I was going to call for help. And at that very moment, right around midnight on July 4th, she collapsed onto the floor and her nose began dripping with some blue toxin. I dialed 911, then got to my next door neighbor. And after she went to the hospital, I went to my grandmother's for the night. She was hurt bad then, but she made it out. There were times when I was living in my second grandmother's. And she would just fall or badly injure herself or talk to inanimate objects, you know, and or act like, I don't want to use this word, but act like she was retarded in a sense where she didn't know anything whatsoever. Those things that made her act like a child or made her act obscure to the Sherry that everyone knew or my mother. And it's a real disappointment that I had to witness that as a child, because, and no, I'm not trying to make anyone have pity for me, that's not what I'm doing here, there is a lesson towards the end, but I'm just kind of venting here as well, and, you know, I, I'll admit, it hurts a lot to know that's how my life went down, you know, I had to watch that my whole life, and I always feel like I never had a mother, but I'm going to get into that a little later with something that happened. Drugs ruined my mother's life. From what I heard, she has suffered from anxiety and depression herself. If you were to learn anything from this story, don't ever resort to drugs in life. Drugs took my mother away from us at the age of 43. My mother didn't even get to half of the average lifespan for a woman, which is 87 to 90 years of age. We believe she has done drugs because she was passing her test and whatnot. We thought she was clean. Sorry. We thought she was done with drugs. And because she kept testing clean, she kept saying, Oh, I'm about to get off my probation and I'm about to graduate, da da da. And we were so happy with her. But today, when me and my father went up to find her, see her belongings and see what we had to move. As we searched the drawers, we found straws that were cut so you could snort drugs through them along with a shit ton of pills everywhere. There were boxes upon boxes upon boxes of loaded things of frickin' drugs, and I wasn't only really disgusted, but I was extremely disappointed. However, I'm hoping that's not... Maybe it wasn't just a regular overdose. Maybe it was just her heart gave out. Because at least we'll know she didn't go out trying to maybe take her life. But we were extremely disappointed. But the toxification test should allow us to know how in-depth it truly was. But we won't know anything about the autopsy or the tox... uh, The toxification test. We won't know any of that information until 30 days. But... You know, I mean, and this is like some of the things that have happened. I know in a couple of episodes I'm going to talk about a big thing that happened due to the drugs, but I don't think I want to drop that here. Um, but there's a lot of things outside of that that have happened. And, you know, like these are just a few examples. There's been more than this. But I don't want to spend this entire episode talking about my mother's drug abuse. <laughs> I'll admit before she passed, that was the original intention of this episode about her was to talk about her and her life and how it was going down. But I want to talk about how she started building herself back up again. I want to talk about how my mother started to improve herself, you know, because everyone was starting to become proud of her. And no, I'll admit she had a lot of ups and downs. We really, really thought we were close this time. We really, really thought she was going to get better. And it was to my disappointment that we were wrong. But again, if you learn anything from this episode, I got two things mainly. But the first thing that you should definitely learn, don't do drugs because they can take your life. And now I know that from experience as well. However, as I was saying before I got off track... I don't want to spend this entire episode talking only badly about my mother. I miss my mother a lot. And though, like I said, she didn't seem like my mother that much because she was never really around. Now that she's completely gone, that I'll never see her again until maybe we get in heaven, which I've been using that as a coping strategy because we were both, we're both of religion, you know, but I'll never see her again on this planet and that tears me apart. And I know, all of this stuff, it sounds horrible, right? Mother with her kid or with her family, doing this to her family, being addicted to drugs, but addiction can happen to anyone and it can be very uncontrollable. Unfortunately, my mother lost her battle with addiction. However, I want to talk about the good side of my mother because it's not all bad. I mean, I'll admit, the majority is more bad stuff than good and hanging out and actually getting to know my mother. However... Even though I didn't know her that much, there was a very, very, very good side to my mother, which we're going to talk about right now. My mother was a very sweet and kind woman overall, with a very bad addiction issue that she could never truly break. That is what I'm going to focus on in this section. She had a huge caring heart. However, she unfortunately lost her battle to addiction. She didn't deserve to die. And though I'll admit she made mistakes that put her in this position, her huge caring, loving, supporting human heart didn't deserve to die. I did have some good times with her I would go visit her And we would eat out Or go shopping We would laugh and talk about my future Because despite everything She never stopped telling me how much she loved me Every time she talked She would at least say it Two or three times A a call A phone call You know alone And I'll admit I, At one point I told her That um You know, you don't need to say it so much. And I remember she said, you know, one day I'm not going to be around to say it anymore and you're really going to miss me saying it. Who'd have thought it'd be this soon, right? She would always help people in need. Whether it be lending money out to people in need or donating to churches and ministries that she enjoyed. She was a person of Christianity alike to myself. And I find comfort in knowing that she's home with the Lord now. But, you know... She was not greedy in the slightest. My mother has given very... ...beneful amounts to churches. And I have the utmost respect for that. Along with, you know, when somebody was in need... ...I don't think I've ever seen a time... ...where my mother has not helped somebody in need... ...when it comes to a money situation. Even if she was in need herself... ...she would put herself aside for others... ...whether it be me, my father or anyone that she knew, you know, she was the kind of, and I've never seen her do this, but she was the kind of person to see a homeless person on the side of the street and buy them a meal, because that was how my mother was raised, and you could tell that was the kind of person my mother was, and I know they say a lot of drug addicts turn out mean, or rude, or, you know, just into a hateful, spiteful person, but my mother was never that person, Out of my mother's 43 years on this earth, I have never seen her be that person. I'll admit, there were times when she would get annoying. But to be fair, that was the drugs talking most of the time when that happened. And eventually, over time, they fried her brain. And it really made it hard for her not to have those thoughts and impulses. It just became an overall addiction that took over, but... You know, I mean, though she was never truly around much, she would always help out with stuff like clothing and keeping me in the know about schooling. She was always assured to never lose contact with me, even if much of it was simply over the phone. A lot of times, especially before I had a car, the only times I saw her was like once a month, if that. And, you know, when I got a car, I was able to go visit her a little more often. But, you know, she always made efforts to make plans with me or to talk to me, you know. And she wanted to be in my life. And I feel bad that, like I keep saying, and I feel bad for saying it, but she lost her battle to addiction. And I don't want to say she chose addiction over me because that's not the case. But she didn't really have a choice. She became hooked. After she became hooked, she became addicted. And, you know, she was always telling me how much she loved me. And, you know, despite all of the stupid decisions she's made, I don't doubt that for a second. I don't doubt that, nor will I ever. She was a state worker, which means she assisted people who couldn't help themselves in homes for the mentally disabled, which is very reputable, in my opinion. Though she couldn't do that for too long. She did it for a few years of her life. You know, she was. Uh, she worked with people with mental disabilities. She put her life at risk because that people will fight you in there and they will try to hurt you. I've seen it. My father works there, and I've met the kind of people that he's worked around, and it's not the safest job. And you know, she's small too. She's really small. I think she's actually legally classified as a midget. If I'm no, she's a little above. I think she's like four eight, but no four eight four nine something like that. And she's got these bigger people that she's watching that could probably body slam her. But, you know, she does it to help her community. She never complained about it when she did it. And, you know, that's very reputable. My mother was most certainly one of the most friendliest people you could ever meet. She was one of those people that you could never really see argue. And you could laugh with them whenever you were around them. You know, I mean, unless she was on drugs or... And towards her end, I noticed her brain was getting a little off. But I didn't think it was something this serious. But it's crazy. One day you're talking to her. The next you get a unsuspected house call. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's try to finish up the good thoughts. Those may not be everything good about my mother everything I just listed there's more I know there's more and honestly I'm in a dark time right now I'm having a really hard time even talking about this episode well you guys can hear me I want to break my voice and stutter I actually it almost pains me to do this because I'm scared of a lot of things right now when it comes to this but you know this isn't everything that was good about my mother It involves a good chunk of it, in which I'd like to now talk about the very serious subject. I want to talk about last night, my acknowledgement of her death. So this section is my mother's death how I heard about it, how everything went down, and I'm going to warn you guys in advance, this might be the part that really gets to me, so just be prepared, and I'm sorry if I slur, it's hard to understand me, because I might just start losing track. It was 11.45 p.m., and I was gaming as usual. Then all of a sudden, my grandmother called me downstairs and told me someone was here to talk to me. The only thing I was thinking was who would be at my house at 11.45 p.m. at night to talk to me. I opened the door and there was a police officer there. He asked me to step outside, so I did. He asked me my name and my age. Once I told him, he started with, quote, I figured you should be the first to know. Your mother died tonight, end quote. I was in absolute shock. I took a fast second to control myself, and the first thing I asked was what had happened. He said he had no details, but he gave me this number to call for more info. He asked who the lady was that answered the door, and I told him it was my grandmother. Anyways, he gave his condolences, we shook hands, and then he left. I was the first to know within our family that my mother had passed. And that hurt so much and of course being in denial was a part of the shock. Excuse me. However, I immediately went upstairs and called the number. They redirected me to another number and they told me that they won't have any answers until morning. I was trying to text my father but and call him and call him and call him. I think I called him 16 times. It was after midnight he didn't answer and understandably so considering how late it was but um i then couldn't sleep all night Uh, you know last night and this was just last night by the way this was yesterday all this happened to yesterday but i couldn't sleep all night last night and i called that number first thing nine o'clock in the morning the next day they told me that there would be an autopsy and a toxicology which would take up to 30 days for complete results on the cause of death. Today's date, which is September 2nd, we still know nothing about the cause, except for the professional guess of past drug abuse led to accelerated heart aging, which led, led to my mother dying at the young age of 43. 43. Anyway, me and my father went over to her apartment today to collect some of our things so we can begin clearing her apartment, and it was painful to see, but we got some of it done, and I was able to remember some things to remember her by. Tomorrow, me and my father will be going at 3.30 to schedule a funeral for my mother, and now it was time to start the true grieving process, which is what I'm going to get into right now. Something that hurt me the most. The worst part of all of this is that I didn't even get to say goodbye. I didn't even get to say a proper goodbye to my mother. In fact, the last time I talked to her about a week ago, I was actually mad at her for something. And she said that, the reason was because she said something that was completely uncalled for about my father out of anger. And she almost begged me not to be mad at her. And I said simply, I can't just not be mad. It And, you know, it'll it'll go away over time because it would. And she said, what if something bad happens in life and we don't get to talk again? And I was mad and I was in a bad mood and because of what she had said. And, you know, I, I said... Well, I will always love you because life takes unexpected precedence sometimes, you know, and that's true. I'll always love you no matter what, but sometimes life takes unexpected precedence. Sometimes things happen unexpectedly, and it begs me to question whether or not she knew about this, and I'm really hoping one of my theories is wrong, that this was a suicide, and it very well could have been. I have a few things that could have added up to that, but... It's not really relevant to why we're here because I don't know the exact cause and I don't want to give theories out. when I don't know. I'm just giving the professional guess for tonight. But, um, anyway. Honestly, though, my biggest regret was saying that. You know, saying that if something bad happens in life and we don't get to talk again, it happens. You know, it's... Life takes unexpected precedence sometimes. Because, you know, in the heat of the moment, I really wasn't expecting this to happen. And, of course, my last conversation with my mother, I told her that I was mad at her and I'd be mad at her for a long, long time. Or, well, I didn't say that, but I said that I'd be mad at her for a little while, but I'll get over it. (laughs) And, of course, she said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. I was trying to rush the conversation because I was angry. But little did I know that was going to be the last conversation I ever had with my mother. And when I heard from that police officer what had happened, I was heartbroken. Because I came upstairs and I wanted to think about the last time I talked to her. And that was the last time I talked to her. I mean, can you believe that? I personally will regret that for the rest of my life. You know, I mean, I I would give anything to take back what I said that day and have a redo. Anything. I didn't even get to say goodbye properly. It was a rushing tone, like I said, so I could get off the phone because I was angry. I will regret the decisions I made that day for the rest of my life, most likely. And it hurts knowing that my last encounter with my mother... I'm going to regret it. I have always. I remember when she was using drugs. I had to. I'd angry with her sometimes. Because to tell her it was wrong. And sometimes she would do stupid things. And I would have to yell at her. To get her on track. Or sometimes I would get into arguments. With my mother. Or Sometimes I would. (laughs) Simply. Excuse me. Sometimes I would simply get mad. At her calling me baby in public right because she had an addiction always calling me baby or baby boy and I started asking her not to call me that especially in public whenever we had a chance to go out it annoyed me but and you know I'd get mad and I'd say mom please don't call me that you know yada yada and for one I gotta say all that stuff that has to do with me yelling or getting upset with her it, it makes me question if I was a good son I always did everything I could for my mother, and you know, there are going to be a lot of times now where I question if I did enough, if maybe, if this was a suicide, like one of my theories says, if I was the driving cause, and you know, now I'll never even know because we, me and my father, like I said, we found straws. And she was still doing drugs by the looks of it, and if that's the case and it was a suicide, I have full reason to believe that I drove my mother to suicide, and I wasn't gonna talk about that during this episode. I wasn't because that's a sensitive topic to me and i I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if if that was the case because automatically I'm gonna blame myself. But, you know, I'd give anything to hear her call me that one last time, whether it's baby boy, just to say something to me, anything to me. But, you know, I personally will admit I have been a mental health activist for years. I've helped people with people who have committed suicide and people who have had drug addictions and stuff like that. And I've helped with all kinds of aspects. But, you know, it's always been a struggle when it comes to helping myself in fact, I, the moment that officer told me what happened, I came upstairs, I wanted to smash stuff, but I didn't, I sat down for a minute, I started shaking, I started crying, it took me about five, ten minutes to pull myself together before I called that number, but when I called that number, I knew it was time to try to grasp reality, and I couldn't allow myself to be in denial anymore, and But you know, the worst part that's upsetting me about this whole thing, like I said, is the way that last call went. I might have drove my mother to suicide. That is going to be on my mind for the rest of my life. And I don't want to have to live with that burden. But there's nothing that anyone can say to me or nothing I can do to get that burden off of me. And it hurts a lot, it really does, but I miss my mother so much, and her death came to an unexpected un unprecedented event, and I was told about it at eleven forty five at night by an officer. <sighs> And this is probably one of my most sensitive episodes because my mother, like I said, I used to not see her as a mother. It was really hard to. She was never around, you know, and even recently she was never around, you know, she didn't do what a mother did. I have a friend who has two parents and though they're extremely strict on him. They supply him with everything he needs, whether it's food, clothes, school supplies. My parents never did that. I I mean, my dad did every other year except for this one. But this year, it's a quote-unquote waste of money. But, you know, I never saw my mother as my mother, truly. And I was starting to question whether I should actually look at her that way or not. And then she passed away. And, you know, honestly... That hurts more than anything in fact that actually brings me to what I want to talk about the learning part something I learned a big thing I learned in the conclusion but you know the fact that she I didn't look at her as a mother and then all of a sudden boom she passed away and now I see everything and that's what I want to talk about right now as we wrap this up so we're going to move on to the conclusion let's do this and finish this up Mm So, as I said before, this episode was heavily on why not to do drugs, and yes, that is a big part of it, but there's another thing, and this was the main thing after my mother's passing, because the original purpose of this episode was to, you know, advise people against drugs to find better coping methods, and yes, that is a huge part of this episode, especially because there was a lesson learned, however... There was something else I wanted you guys to learn. The biggest thing I learned from this. So, why did I choose to share this on my mental health podcast On right, What lesson am I trying to relate to everyone right now? Well, to be honest, like I said, there are many different things you may have learned depending on how closely you listened and interpreted this episode Considering everyone interprets things differently. However... There is one main thing I wanted to portray here besides the drug addiction issue and how drugs are extremely bad and deadly. If you're going to learn anything from this episode, let it be to make the most of what you have because you never know the meaning of what you truly have until it's completely gone. I'm going to say that again because I want to reinforce that in your mind. You will never know The meaning of what you truly have until that thing, no matter how big or small, is completely gone. I learned that in the hardest way possible. From feeling like I had a mother because of a slight pass I had with her. You know, feeling like I never had a mother, rather, because of the slight pass I had with her, to realizing in an instant that I had a mother and no longer have one to make memories with. And, you know, I used to think about the future a lot, right? Maybe, just maybe one day I'll get married. And I was thinking my mom and dad would be right there watching me go down the aisle or stand up in the aisle watching my bride come down the aisle. You know, I was thinking maybe my kids would have a grandma on my side, right? I was thinking that my mother would be there when I graduate high school for senior graduation this upcoming year. I thought that my mother would be there to see me off to college. I was going to the same city as her for a college. Most likely I thought maybe we could bond. But no. Because I lost my mother to addiction. And... You know, from feeling like I never had a mother because of the slight past I had with her that I barely noticed to realizing in an instant that I don't have a mother now. That I don't have an opportunity because I was focused on the past. I was focused on the feeling that I that I didn't have that much experience knowing my mother, but I wanted to. I wanted to know my mother. I wanted to build a relationship with her, you know, and now I'll never get to and that will affect me for the rest of my life so please consider this in all aspects because again you never know the true meaning of what you have until it is 110% completely gone and there is no way of getting it back so please remember that as I conclude this episode and please take that to heart Because this one's hitting me hard right now and I 100% know. On that note, however, my name is Christian Coggins and that concludes episode 6 of Pathway to Hope. Rest in peace, Mother. May we meet again. Please remember to stay strong, stay positive, and never stop fighting. Rest in peace, Mom you will be forever loved and never forgotten.